you know, is there anything that you, you would like to, to comment on in terms of, you know, how you, uh, how you're differentiated from uh, others in the market? Uh, I, I will say that, yeah, our perspective is that, uh, there aren't many firms out there that do what you do, right? Specifically towards transactions, being able to come in at ad hoc, uh, understand what you're looking at from a healthcare perspective. So I, I, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot that I could say that's positive, in particular about the interactions we've had, and and the successful transactions that we've been through together. But where can you speak to where you feel there's a a major differentiation in your services relative to others in the market? Yeah, I think because, you know, we're we're a healthcare firm, you know, we, we've we work with all types of healthcare entities, uh, at least at least I do individually. And so, you know, I think that gives us a lot of experience that you wouldn't otherwise find with other CPA firms. You know, we prepare Medicare cost reports, for example. Um, so if you're working on it with a skilled nursing facility, we understand uh, the MDS and whatever, everything that they're going through, right? The, everything that they're, they're seeing, um, whereas a, a typical CPA firm probably won't know what a cost report is. You know, so, so, you know, that kind of value, I think, I think we bring to the table and that, that experience. And the other thing I'll say is this, you know, the other way that we can increase the value to a client on a transaction will be on the tax side. You know, um, I can't tell you how many times we've come across a client who uh, post-close come to us and say, oh, can you prepare my taxes? I just closed on a, on a transaction. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and now I'm retiring and we look at the, at the deal and said, oh, man, if you would have done this, you would have saved this much in taxes. Uh, but it's too late now. We can't unring the bell. Right. The deal is closed. <laughs> right. And so, you know, knowing uh, and, and having the ability to, to, to look through those agreements um, and work with our clients, I think we add a lot more. Uh, you know, once you agree on a number, then you have the tax tax consequence. Right. So if we can minimize those taxes. Um, that's going to bring a lot more money to the table too for them. Yeah, we we have uh, constant conversations through a process about well, what what's the implication uh, of, of the taxes for this, right? And and there's so many pieces. I would say the closing statement is another big oh, yeah. part of it for us, right? Where there's a, a an accounting that has to happen at the end of the deal where. It's okay. What did we spend the money on, you know, through this transaction? And, you know, a lot of sellers don't understand um, the amount of resources and costs that buyers deploy into a process. But, you know, we'll have calls where there'll be 10 attorneys on the phone yeah. from the buyer. Right. Yeah. And they'll be going through compliance issues and, you know, and, and, you know, who knows? I mean, let's say that they're, you know, billing at 500 an hour. Right. I mean, that's, those are, those are expensive calls, right? And then you have situations where you'll have a Q of E group, right? And they're essentially doing a full forensic analysis of this business, right? And, and I think there's different tiers by which the buyers will spend money, but they want to know that this client is in it, right? And they're going to they're gonna sell this business and they want to sell it. We don't have earnest money. We don't have, you know, escrows uh, for close. Right. Uh, sometimes you try to negotiate, the, the buyers will try to negotiate a breakup fee, but we usually um, we don't take that on in our negotiation. So we, we sort of deny that. Um, but I, I just think that it's important that we put the right team together on the front end of a deal. You're definitely part of that team. Uh, an attorney is part of that team. 
and maybe a clinical uh, consultant. Uh, someone could also be part of the team. But the beauty of what you bring to the table is that, like you said, you can do cost reports. Yeah. And uh, you understand that part of it, right? You understand that the, the financial compliance components of this, the reimbursement of this uh, point of sale and, you know, all of the different <laughs> pathways uh, that that takes. Uh, and you understand it across all segments of healthcare. So from that standpoint, you know, it's it's really a valuable, a valuable service. Uh, one, one thing that I, has gotten me recently is that the, the, and Axial just did a report on this. I thought it was really illuminating in that the deals, uh, you think that the majority of deals wouldn't close in the lower middle market because the buyer, uh, changes the rules of engagement, right. Or that there's some kind of, there's some kind of uh, renegotiation on something or the buyer uh, just walks away. Right. That, that the majority that they were saying of the deals that don't close are because of the seller's indecisiveness. Right. That seller gets to the point at the end and they haven't really thought through what's going to happen next. Yeah. And, and there's an indecisiveness there and, and they sort of step away or uh, an unpreparedness. So, yeah. I think that's what we're talking about today is really, you know, th those components of how do you frame expectations and constantly reinforce them along the way? And, and then also how do you prepare them? I mean, do you feel like uh, that those are the, the, the right ways of looking at it in terms of representing the client, uh, you know, as a, as a deal team? Yeah, I do. I, I think, I think letting them know what's ahead, you know, what, what does this road look like? Uh, so that they are prepared when when these things come up, and they don't because it's 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 stressful, right? It's a it's a time in your life where, you know, no matter where you are in the process, you're always second guessing it. Should I be selling? Should I even do this? Uh, you know, it's constantly going. It's it's normal, right? It, it's normal process, and so I think just just having a clear cut path for them, and saying this is what you're going to feel, this is this is what's going to happen, and this is how long it's probably going to take, um, I think gives them the assurance they need to to get to the finish line. Hey, as far as as long as it's going to take, uh, clients never like what I tell them. Yeah. Uh, why don't, can you can you give your opinion on timing, uh, so they can hear from somebody else? <laughs> yeah. No. Sure. So you know what what we see typically. I mean, look, you know, it's easy to get to a, a handshake, right? But then then once you get to the, you know, now we're going to draft the asset purchase agreement or the stock purchase agreement that could take you know, several weeks to, to a month or two uh, to get the attorneys on the same page and, and get that thing drafted up. It might even take three months, you know, it just depends on how big the transaction is and, and what nuances they have. And then of course, you know, typically when you have a, an agreement, you have a LOI, you've got, um, you know, 60 to 90 days to do uh, due diligence, you know, so typically you'll do that due diligence and you'll draft that asset purchase agreement. So you, you could be six months uh, or longer uh, to get to that finish line. Um, you know, and once you have the asset purchase agreement, done, then you have a closing date uh, and you have regulatory matters, right? And you have to, you have to wait for certain approvals uh, with license changes uh, typically. So it just depends on all of that, but you know, I don't know, six months, nine months it could take. Uh, what, what's been your experience? Yeah, that that's, that's right in line with us. Yeah. Uh, what, what our preference has been of late is to say, let's prepare everything before we go out. We, we um, had a transaction a couple of years back where, uh, it took us, I'd say, eight months to get 
all the the books and records together to prove out what we were showing on EBITDA. And we were very happy with that. The, the, the yeah. client took that step in the, in that eight month process. Um, uh, you know, someone was involved in, they, they brought someone internally in to make sure that, you know, the financials were in order and they took that perspective that, Hey, we're going to lead this process from the standpoint of, you know, our financial performance. Right. Yeah. And, and so then when we got to market, we were ready. And, and then that process took uh, six months, but I really don't see, unless it's a, a company that comes in and like a pharmacy that's buying a retail pharmacy or a file buy uh, or a large strategic that does a, a quick asset purchase, you know, and, and essentially just sort of buying the balance sheet, uh, you, you know, and they've got boilerplate documentation. I really don't, think a process is less than six months yeah and uh, you know it's more like you said it's more like between six and nine months yeah yeah it yeah. makes sense yeah so it, 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 it those are those are challenges i mean i think the other uh a part of this is uh is capturing people uh, before they have to sell and i saw an interesting report about the life cycle of a business and you know there's, there's sort of the startup and the growth phase and then there's a bit of a plateau and it's mature and it's sort of in that position right there where it's it's a slightly you know it's that it hasn't quite plateaued but it's it's mature enough where hey this is this is a business that you know we know we can rely on these numbers we know we can rely on the performance we've got the personnel we've got all these key components in place um what you don't want to do is get too deep into that like part of the life cycle and have to sell because some some who knows some environmental issue happens or something happens within the business right and you know so i i think the other thing too doug is is the the life of the operator after the business which is you know that this business has been their heart and soul they put so much into this and when you have in a market like now where there's you know there's in inflationary issues where you know we we could be uh seeing more and more recession uh type indicators uh do you, you know what do you how do you work with clients to uh, in many respects healthcare is the best place to be right yeah uh you know if, as an industry but how do you work with clients yeah <laughs> do, do you do you sort of i mean i we always thought say hey forget about the noise what do you want to do you know, yeah. you know, what do you want to do? What are your expectations? Um, do, do you tend to take that approach as well in terms of, of, you know, how you're managing their their financials? I do. You know, we, we, we talk about that often. I've seen clients who, you know, uh, essentially ran out of cash and like, OK, I got to sell this tomorrow, you know, and, and all of a sudden they want to rush to market and, 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 and try and sell it. And you don't have time. It's too late. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and so. We typically talk to our clients as early as possible, and, and if and you know we do 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 some wealth management as well, uh, and financial planning, wealth uh, retirement planning, and so those conversations will come up. You know, I want to sell in a couple of years, that kind of stuff, and you know, and I always advise my clients, look, you want to start sooner rather than later, because let's let's assume you want to sell in two or three years. Well, 
you know, we just talked about the fact that the the whole transaction is going to take six to nine months. So let's just let's just round it to a year, right, to get the deal done. And that doesn't include the marketing of and getting a buyer to the table. That's once you get the buyer to the table. So let's say it takes a year to sell it. Um, typically, the the buyer is going to feel better if the seller is going to stay on and do a do a transition for some period of time. And that could be, mm-hmm. you know, months. It could be years. Uh, they they might want an employment agreement for a year or two years. So I think. I think the earlier you have those conversations, the, the more flexibility you have. It's not not as if you have to turn a, turn a key uh, since you decide to sell it and walk away because you're not ready yet. Um, you can certainly structure a transaction where, hey, I'm still going to be around for three years, but I think now's the time to start the process. Right. right? You need a succession plan. Uh, let's get that that thing going. Um, I'll work for the for the buyer for a year or two, and and then I'll retire. You know that kind of stuff. I think that's that's much better now than. You know, wait until, you know, and I've seen this happen too, where, you know, we're, we're beyond our retirement age and um, we're going to work as long as we possibly can. And then a health issue hits and uh, man, you're just trying to dump it because you don't have time, you know, and that's a terrible situation to be in. Yeah. Yeah. We just need the client to give us a clear uh, objective for themselves. You know, if, if, if they say five years, I want out and I want, you know, and I want these, this is where I'd like my life to be. These are the situations I like to be, you know, we're, we're in the world of, you know, it's not necessarily just selling businesses. It's sort of getting capital, right? Like where where are we going to find capital out there? And, and I think that's another thing is that they, they go into this thinking that there's only one way to do it, which is this, you know, I'm putting something on the, you know, in the offering uh, table and someone's coming in and giving me a bid for it. Right. And, and it's, there's a lot more than that that can go into it. There's, as you said, there's transition plans, there's employment agreements, uh, there's operating agreements if you're a part of the equity structure going forward. And so these, you know, on, on top of the timing of that and being prepared for that, it, it's also a matter of if you have an expectation, let's try to figure what that, you know, what that is now yeah. and, and structure around that and and you know look at the the likelihood of that but i have really found that it, anyone that comes and is prepared that is willing to to sort of take the the right guidance from experienced advisors uh, tends to usually uh, almost always find uh, and uh, and reach uh, a level of of success in in their process um it, it might be different from what they start off with but it definitely is in line with what we would consider a win uh, for them and, and where they want to be in their lives. So, yeah, I think it's uh, th- these are valuable pieces. Uh, Doug, look, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if there's anything you wanted to uh, to close with, but you know, if, if there was anything in particular that you wanted to emphasize, but please, you know, uh, we, we want to make sure that uh, we're informing people of the importance of your participation in a process. And in that regard, I mean, if there's anything we've missed uh, today, we'd love to hear, you know, more about it or, or in some sort of conclusion. No, I appreciate that, Andre. And I, I think we've covered it pretty well. Um, I, I think you, you provide an amazing service to your clients. And I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, I'm, I'm really uh, thrilled to be a part of your team. So yeah. thank you. Well, thanks, Doug. Doug, why don't you leave us with uh, your coordinates just so if uh, anyone watching uh, wants to reach out to you, uh, they sure. know how to get out of you. Yeah. And, and by the way, you know, just mentioned that, that you're on Andre's team and we don't, 
we're not like a taxi cab where the meter starts as soon as the phone picks up. So if we can answer any questions, you know, we're happy to do it. Just just uh, give me a call. Uh, my my direct number, 941-756-0700. And then my email is, is my first name, Doug, D-O-U-G, at waltersaccounting.com.